This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. We begin today's show with a simple question with probably a complex answer. Is there a sport that Kyler Murray does not excel at? That's the question that is before us here on this April 13th. Yes, we know he can play football. We know his baseball background. But did you happen to see a viral video, Kyler Murray on the basketball court, and MJ, he did not miss for what, 25, 30 seconds from three? Of course, there was no one defending him. Yet at the same time, we know that uh, he is very good chess player, maybe arguably the best chess player on the team. So it's simple. Anything Kyler Murray puts his mind to, he does very well at. Yeah, it's a little different though when you got a guy defending you. But it was nice. I mean, you see that he obviously is a guy that can play a lot of different sports. Probably, you know, based on his size, I don't know if he'd be a point guard. But he he was he was he made some nice shots. He had good form. But uh, stick to your day job. Exactly. We want Kyler Murray to make sure that he is completely ready and ready to go this season. And speaking of Kyler Murray, he does have a new teammate, and more specifically, a backfield mate. The Cardinals making it official earlier today. Running back James Conner agreeing to terms. In fact, we had a chance to hear from him earlier. More on that in a moment. But your initial reaction, MJ, James Conner, that veteran, Entering his fifth season, but that complimentary back, if you will, for Chase Edmonds. I really like this signing. I mean, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, you know, Kenjin Drake played well for those eight games, but he started to bounce it outside. You, you're going to get a guy that's six feet one, 233 pounds. He's more of experience as a power back. So when you look at a third and two, fourth and one, um, and the physicality he has. There were a lot of times he had to sit in the uh, and wait for the blitz to come up and protect Ben Roethlisberger. So I think it's a great complimentary back for Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, I do think Chase Edmonds will be the starter, and we'll just have to wait and see. Now, he hasn't played a 16-game schedule, but if you go back to 2018 and Cardinals running backs coach James Sexton was with there, he nearly had a thousand yards and he made the pro bowl so i i think it's what they this team is the theme has been all, all off season about physicality and uh, we'll just have to wait and see but i, I really like the one two punch the cardinals have right now connor six foot one 233 pounds turns 26 in may as we are having some technical difficulties trying to connect with bertram berry but while we work on that let's hear from the aforementioned james connor on why he chose to sign with the arizona cardinals I feel brand new. You know, I'm excited for this opportunity. It's, it's definitely a change of scenery for me. You know, I've been in Pittsburgh eight years, and so I just felt, you know, I was just learning so many lessons, and this was all that time in Pittsburgh was just prepping me for, for where I'm at right now in my life uh, and this journey that brought me out here to AZ. And uh, I feel like I was well-equipped, you know, just everything I've been through and continue to go through on this journey and leads me to here. So, man, I'm excited to be in this red. I'm excited. It's a blessing. 
It's funny, you hear him talk four years with the Steelers, four years at the University of Pittsburgh. This is, I don't know, a culture shock, but certainly a change going from the East Coast to now the West Coast or Southwest, if you will. More on James Conner as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. But what we want to focus on, at least initially here, MJ, is also on the offensive side of the ball and adding a wide receiver. And whether that wide receiver, in addition to A.J. Green, comes in the drafts and whether that's at number 16 or number 49, those are the two picks that the Cardinals have on day one and day two combined. And as we've heard, if you pay attention to all those talking heads out there and look at the mock drafts, this is a deep draft at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and I think it all starts with, for me, Jamar Chase. I think he's probably a top five, top six pick along with Kylie Pitts. And then you look at, you know, Devontae Smith. He's a little bit different runner, but the guy that I really like is is Jalen Waddell. He's 22 years old, 5'10", 182. Um, You know, he obviously was injured last year, but when you start looking at that offense, and and one thing that I think the Cardinals want to accomplish this offseason, Craig, is they want to get somebody that can return. And he's got return ability. We're talking about kickoff return. We're talking about punt return. And, you know, obviously you got some guys on the roster between Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella. Maybe Eno Benjamin will get an opportunity. But now he's, you know, kind of buried on the depth chart. So um, if Jalen Waddle was there at 16, it would be hard for me uh, to leave him on the board. Clearly the Cardinals may try to acquire more picks, but I really like Waddle. I just don't think Jamar Chase would be an option. Daniel Jeremiah's most recent mock draft that he submitted, or I should say uh, uploaded on April 6th, has Waddle dropping, as I say, drop because he's one of those top three wide receivers in this class. But then you look at some of the other names out there. Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida, maybe more of a slot receiver yet according to Cynthia Freeland the analytics expert on the NFL network and nfl.com believes that that in her estimation is a perfect match the Cardinals and Tony because of what Tony could bring as far as that speed element and potentially returning yeah and when when you just look at that as a whole you know Jalen Waddle, he's really a slot receiver, but he has the ability to pop outside, and he would be your, your competition with A.J. Green. So I think the Cardinals feel comfortable maybe right now with you know Christian Kirk, obviously a big year for him. We'll see about Isabella. Um, but you can slide Waddle outside, and all of a sudden you can go three wide with uh, you know some experience out there between you know A.J. Green and you throw in DeAndre Hopkins and then you have a young player and I think the receiver position it's you know got to get off press coverage you got to recognize your, your routes because the route is based on the coverage sometimes you got to change it so it can be between the years but uh, I think in, in considering A.J. Green's only on a one-year deal, you fill that hole for the next couple of years. And that's why we're talking wide receiver, whether it's the 16th pick or 49th or at some point in the draft, because, yes, you can count on DeAndre Hopkins, but Green, as you mentioned, is a one-year contract. You still don't know what you have completely in a Christian Kirk who's entering the final year of his contract. Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson still have yet to take that step to where you can count on them consistently on Sundays. That's why, even though the Cardinals a couple of years back drafted three wide receivers, Steve Kime and his staff are left to look and say, well, we might have to, and I think they will draft a wide receiver this year. Yeah, and it could come, you know, at 16. If, if Waddle's on the board, I don't know who they like. I just, again, Jamar Chase to me is the best wide receiver. He's got a little Anquan Bolden. Now, Bolden wasn't a top five pick. Uh, but they got some toughness to them. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they look at a, possibly a guard for the future. And you look at a USC guard, 
uh, Tucker. And he's a guy that possibly will be there because I think we're going to see a couple tackles come off the board. And, you know, Justin Pugh get a little bit long in the tooth. You got Brian Winters on a one-year deal. You know, Justin Murray. So, I mean, I, And he can slide out. He really played well, Tucker did. Vera Tucker, he played really well at USC. And he could play left tackle. He could play inside. So I think there's some options there. But you're right. If it doesn't happen at 16, I could see it coming down in the second and third round. And it's a deep draft at wide receiver, whether you want a slot guy or an outside guy. Well, more on the wide receiver position and looking at this draft specifically. Former Cardinals wide receiver Frank Sanders, a guest last week on the Big Red Rage. His thoughts on what the Cardinals might do at the wide receiver position later this month. We know Cliff want to throw the ball, period. So, to me, if we use our picks on some receivers, all I can say is Isabella's on notice, KJ's on notice, and anybody else that got drafted in the last two years, you don't notice because they, AJ's here, D-Hop's here. Christian, we haven't even seen the best of Christian, and I know he's absolutely got a lot of gas in that tank. So, to me, I'm okay with going to get two more receivers out of the draft because I know for a fact Cliff wants to throw the ball. Sounds like Sanders wants to suit up one more time because he knows the ball will be coming his direction. But to his point, that's what Kingsbury wants to do. At least that's his background. Yet some of these moves this offseason, MJ, kind of signals that maybe, not that they're going to throw less, but it's going to be maybe more, quote-unquote, traditional football. Yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, Sean Kluger got the promotion. He's going to be more involved in the running game and the protection schemes. And now that, you know, they got a one-two punch, that's the perception. Yes, they want to throw it. But you you look at their base offense is 11 personnel. And number two is 12 personnel. And then number three is 10 personnel. So that's the perception. But I think they want to win at the line of scrimmage this year. And I think if you have the weapons that Sanders is referring to, if you trust those wide receivers and you've got time to throw the football, then by all means do it. But that's been the that's been the that's been the attempt the last couple of seasons. And as we've seen, defenses adjust, or it's just something that's not sustainable. Well, again, if you get a guy like Waddle or AJ Green, I mean, yes, you can spin the ball down the field. But again, you got to convert, um, you know, on positive yards on first and second down. And then when you get a guy like James Conner, if you get a lead in the fourth quarter, you're going to want to pound it. I do think they want to throw the football, but I don't know if that's going to be the identity of this football team for the upcoming season. Certainly it will be discussed, dissected between now and September when the season begins. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. So wide receiver, certainly something that the Cardinals might address in round one. Corner, also a possibility and another position that is very deep in 2021 looking at those draft prospects. That's straight ahead. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. The ball is at the Patriot one. The quarterback Wilson is in the shotgun formation. Lynch will flank into his left. Two wide to the near side, one to the far. In the shotgun, there's the snap, it's built high. Quick throw, it's intercepted at the goal line! It's intercepted by Malcolm Butler! Malcolm Butler is intercepted Russell Wilson at the goal line! 20 seconds left! Butler does an unbelievable job getting inside, and I'm surprised that Russell Wilson threw it here. Butler read the play perfectly, went behind the pick, and ran right to where the slant was going to be thrown. 
So I know he was wearing a different uniform at the time, but can we call that with a little bit of an asterisk, quote unquote, a Cardinals highlight, considering that Malcolm Butler now wears a Cardinals uniform, and it did come against an NFC West opponent in the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if we can take yeah, credit probably for that. Not. But it certainly does sound good, and it makes Butler certainly a uh, welcome addition to the Arizona Cardinals as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu and Mike Jarecki still efforting, trying to get Bertram Berry. We'll keep you updated on that. But we're talking the cornerback position because, yes, the Cardinals need corners, even with the addition of Butler because Patrick Peterson is now with the Minnesota Vikings, and we can't really count on Robert Alford. I I'm a big fan of Robert Alford, have been for the past two seasons. You can make a case, MJ, that going into those seasons in training camp, he was the Cardinals' best corner as far as performing at his best, and then injuries derailed him. Yet he is back under a one-year deal. It's good to see. It's good to hear. Now, as I said, we need to see it on Sundays. Yeah, I mean, you just root for the guy. I mean, he's been through so much. It wasn't a lack of effort. He, I mean, he, him and Patrick worked out last offseason. I'm sure Patrick didn't carry over and he didn't get a chance to play. But, you know, Malcolm Butler's on a one-year deal. Alford's on a one-year deal. And you got Byron Murphy on a rookie contract. So, as we talk about receiver, you, you got to start looking ahead here. And as a general manager, like Steve Kime and the front office with Adrian Wilson, you got to start looking ahead and say, okay, if we lose this guy and, and if Malcolm Butler plays well, maybe they try to extend him. So I definitely think corner is a viable option. Butler played all 16 games last season, and it's a great stat. The only player in 2020 with at least 100 tackles and at least four interceptions. He played 97% of the defensive snaps. He is the Cardinals' replacement for Patrick Peterson. On the subject of Butler and Peterson moving on, here's more from Frank Sanders last week on the Big Red Rage. I talked to Pat P. Probably uh, played golf with him probably about two weeks ago. Of course, he felt like there was, there was a change that needed to happen, and that's a good thing. Sometimes, sometimes you get into places and you know you you need those changes. Replacing it with Malcolm Butler, experience sometimes makes a big difference. Malcolm Butler is a you know world champ. He's Super Bowl champ. He's learned a lot how to play the game, how to get ready for a Sunday competition. All right, so we asked the question, who is opposite Malcolm Butler? Is that another veteran? Maybe there is an addition before or after the draft, or there is someone at number 16 or number 49, the second-round pick, that the Cardinals like and trust to start right away. Now, remember, Patrick Peterson, fifth overall selection, but he was not a starter immediately. So you don't want to thrust someone in there that's not quite ready, but there are a number of players out there that could be potential picks for the Cardinals at number 16. The biggest names out there, Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, the latter of which we know is a favorite of Bertram Berry, but those are the top three corners in this year's draft. Patrick Sertain, I don't think he'll get to the uh, late teens, and the Cardinals are picking 16th overall. J.C. Horn, 20 years old, good size, 6'1", 205. You know, I look at Greg Newsom from Northwestern, 6'1", 190. He's coming out as a junior. Now, when you get to Caleb Farley, he's had back surgeries, and it was an outpatient procedure. I just wonder, does a team take a flyer on him in the late first round where you get that fifth-year option, or is he going to slide? So I'm, I'm a little cautious there, but obviously each team has their medical staff, and the medical staff, you know, I, you can justify taking them in the second round because you're going to roll the dice, but you take them at 16, and again, I don't, if, if Alford could stay healthy, you know, it's a big if, and, you know, Malcolm Butler's been very durable throughout his career, 
Um, and Byron Murphy, he's on the rise. So I, I would think you're, you know, I think with Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons, you, we may not see as many uh, defensive backs. Uh, I think they want to get those linebackers on the field. So I, I, I'm kind of uh, leery of uh, Farley. Again, all the medical reports, he got it done by the uh, renowned uh, specialist in Dr. Watkins. So he, he claims he's be ready to go for training camp, and I think you got to get clearance from your doctor for that. Mel Kuyper Jr., his later mock draft, his latest mock draft, as you should say, has the Cardinals selecting Caleb Farley at 16 overall and writes this, Farley is my top-ranked corner, but he could be the third off the board depending on his medical checks. In addition to the back surgery, Farley missed all of 2017 with a torn ACL, so certainly some red flags there, and everyone points back to Patrick Sertan, the Alabama corner, 6-2-203, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a unanimous All-American a couple of weeks back. Rashad Johnson, the former Cardinals secondary and a someone who works with Alabama and on the Alabama radio broadcast, talked about Sertan. Smart, tough, football guy, man. Dad played in the NFL. Uh, he, he, he was bred to do this. You know, a great lockdown corner. Uh, maturity level is, is way beyond, you know, his years. As a freshman, he was locked in. He could take the you know the ups and downs from Coach Saban, who can give you a thrashing like no other. Um, so he's a smart guy, versatile. You know, plays outside. We play a lot of different multiples, so that's you know it's a guy you can count to be your number one guy. You won't find a better combination of size, length, and technique in this draft. Now, Sertan doesn't have the high speed you like uh, when it comes to drafting a corner early, but six two two oh two last year. He, he played in 916 snaps, and he was the number one corner in college football out of 479. And with football in his blood, and that's something you can also say about Asante Samuel Jr. as well, the cornerback out of Florida State. And that means something if you were grown up and you're around it your entire life. It does make you aware and maybe that transition, if you will. You're familiar with the pro game and the pro surroundings. Well, you look at J.C. Horn, his father. I listened to an interview the other day, and he said that um, he wasn't allowed to go to the game, and his dad said he was going to call him. So after he scored that touchdown, he he got the phone out, and he was talking to his kid, and that would be J.C. Horn. Okay, I do remember that highlight. He took a lot of heat for that play and something that was tried to well, imitated later on, but at least there's an explanation. He said that when they played on a, a Sunday night game, the mother preferred that they were ready for school the next day. So, but he let all of them watch the game, so when he did that, he, he was really talking to, to his family as they were watching the game. It is something to look at when you talk about these corners, at least these top three, because it's all about the size. Six foot one, six foot two. Samuel a little bit smaller and five ten. But there is another trait that corners need in the NFL. Again, more from Frank Sanders last week on the Big Red Rage. A cornerback in the draft is a hit or miss situation. He can get exposed really fast. And the number one thing in the NFL that they come to try to take is your confidence. And if they can steal your confidence in practice, we know 100% you're going to stink it up in the game. So you got to have a core cornerback that is confident, whether he is getting beat or not, but he's confident enough to learn the game where he can come out and he can overcome some of his, his, his failures, but he has the athletic ability and the mentality to want to get better. 
Let's go back to last season. Remember, no offseason, no preseason, and some of those young players, Isaiah Simmons, got picked on early, and whether he'll admit to it now or maybe later, but I think his confidence was shaken. But if you do have some semblance of an offseason or at least some preseason action, I think, and this is for all rookies coming into the league, but specifically to what Sanders was talking about, those young corners, you get a feel for how fast the game is, and then all of a sudden, not that you're used to it, but it's not a surprise, and you know you're going to get beat. You have to have a short-term memory when you play in the secondary because you're not going to win every matchup. It's a give and take. You just hope that those players win more than they lose. And you look at a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. talking about the bloodlines with his father. You know, he's a little bit smaller. He's 5'10", 184. Now, he arguably is a college smoothest athlete a year ago. He only uh, allowed 179 yards in eight games and a passer rating thrown to his side, 46.2. But he doesn't have that size. And you're going to see some taller corners playing in the slot. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you would take him at 16. But you know, the guy that's kind of the wild card for me is when you look at Northwestern, Greg Newsom. I like his size, 161-190. Um, he's a guy that... He played. Uh, he looked like a different player. Uh, 380 snaps from film from his junior season. He allowed only 12 catches for 34 yards um, on targets. Excuse me for 93 yards. So another guy's got good size. Played in the Big Ten. Obviously, not a, a lot of great quarterbacks come out of there. But obviously, you know, he's got the physicality to, to play in the, in the on the outside. I'll throw another name at you, Elijah Molden, out of Washington. Yes. We know the success of those DBs coming out of Washington, but someone that, because of his size, he plays predominantly inside. He's a nickel corner, and once again, the bloodlines. His father, Alex Molden, played in the National Football League. So <laughs> you, that has to mean something when you're looking at film because maybe they know some of those tricks of the trade. Well, we talk about Jimmy Lake. We talk about the Washington program under Chris Peterson. I mean, again, they don't recruit you unless they feel that you can play at the next level, i.e. Buda Baker, Byron Murphy. Yes, the Cardinals have addressed corner with Malcolm Butler, and I do think that they'll go out, and whether that's now or after the draft, we'll add another vet corner or maybe even a couple of different ones because there are some names out there that are still sitting on the market. Yeah, and, and normally they'll bring 12 to 14 to camp. And if you're going to have three preseason games, you're going to have a 90-man roster. So they'll fill it out, but you'd like to add some experience. And I'm sure at this point in time, you know, guys want to find out where their home's going to be. We'll see about the off-season workouts, but it's going to be a one-year deal for the minimum based on playing time, how many times you're active on game day. Richard Sherman. Josh Norman, Jason McCourty, those are some recognizable names that are on the market right now as far as looking for teams. And Sherman recently quoted as saying that he thinks that he won't find out until after the draft because teams want to know what their needs might be post-NFL draft. Listen, Richard Sherman's had a great career. Um, you're talking about a fifth or a sixth-round pick, and he, you know he's he's got Hall of Fame numbers, but he, he looked bad last year. He looked like a pretzel out there. He's getting twisted around. Josh Norman, the Cardinals didn't play Josh Norman in that game because of COVID. He's more of a slot receiver so or slot corner. Um, but there's a reason why those guys are out there. Now, what happens is once you get through the draft, you may not need a 34-, 35-year-old Richard Sherman. But I do think his leadership, his experience can really help a football team. Now, is that a contender or a team that is looking to bring in experience? Well, he does know the division. Seattle, San Francisco. So he's got intel on every other team. I just don't want to see him in coverage. <laughs> 
again, great career. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, begrudge that. But I just don't think he's the same player. We have had halftime here on this week's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, our top story: James Conner, the newest addition to the Arizona Cardinals, filling a need. That veteran, if you will, in the backfield. We'll get into that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Hodges gets the shotgun snap, gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown. James Connor sweeping the left side, takes it in from 12 yards out. Hodges will throw to Connor out of the backfield, makes a man miss, and it's at the 20. Connor down the sideline to the 10, and he's going to walk it in for the touchdown. Four seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This coming season, James Conner will be wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform. He and the team agreeing to terms on a one-year contract for a player that will be turning 26 years old next month. Another addition, another veteran addition to this team as we continue. Welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu and Mike Jarecki. An off-season move as far as adding a running back. Look, he's not going to be a starter. He's not supplanting Chase Edmonds as the guy. But I think going into this offseason, not knowing the future of Kenyon Drake, and now he has moved on to the Las Vegas Raiders, this team, I think, needed to figure out what they were going to do at running back and whether that was in the draft or free agency, but someone that was maybe a little bit bigger, someone who could run between the tackles and get that short yardage so you could move the sticks and keep the drive going. I mean, if you probably uh, get a true serum test, this is exactly what they were looking for. Now, you know, Mark Ingram, he decided to sign a little bit early with the Texans. He's kind of very similar in size, a little bit up there in age. And then you, you look at some other backs that were out there, Mike Davis, I thought the Cardinals would have interest in him. I thought he broke a lot of tackles, and now he's in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. So um, the fact that you're getting a 25-, 26-year-old versus all those other guys, they, they got more tread on their tires. And, again, he's not coming in here to be the savior, but he's going to make an uh, addition with the one-two punch uh, with Chase Edmonds, and obviously they want to run the football. I mean, this team – you know, third downs last year, they were, you know, they weren't ranked in the top 20. Uh, fourth downs, they were effective, but you got to get those third downs to keep the chains moving, and he's the perfect back for this. Connor, six foot one, 233 pounds, so that bigger back, again, entering his fifth season in the league, the first four, Spence with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who drafted Connor in the third round in 2017. Craig Wolfley, the former Pittsburgh Steelers, now on the Steelers broadcast this morning on Doug and Wolf, what the Cardinals are getting in James Conner. Well, you just brought in another leader. This guy doesn't take uh, second place to anybody. He's a great young man. Went to the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, I just have a lot of respect for the young yeah. man and what he's done and what he's accomplished in a very short period of time. He's an above-average pass catcher out of the backfield. I think that's an area they can explore more with him because I think he's capable of flipping the field a lot like Le'Veon Bell did back in his heyday. Connors averaged 41 catches over the past three seasons. We'll see if the Cardinals continue to utilize that. But we heard Wolfley mention Pro Bowl, and that was the 2018 season, Connors' second season in the league. His running backs coach, James Saxon, who is now the Cardinals' running backs coach, and I think that means a lot, that familiarity, that relationship, if you will. Yeah, and if you go back there, he gained 1,470 scrimmage yards, 13 total touchdowns. He was shy of 1,000 yards 
But, he, again, it's going to be a different offense. Clearly, you got a different quarterback in Kyler Murray versus Ben Roethlisberger. But I can tell you just watching some of those those games when they're on national TV, he was the safety net. He was the last line of defense when Roethlisberger was holding the ball. Hopefully that's not the case with Kyler Murray. And he is, uh, I wouldn't say injury prone, but injuries have played a factor in his career. He has not played a full 16-game season. He's missed time, whether it was a quad, shoulder, ankle issues, and something that he acknowledged earlier today, saying, quote, that's just part of the journey. Most recently, he underwent toe surgery because he was in an ATV accident. He said, not serious. He's healing up. He's going to be just fine once training camp arrives, maybe even earlier than that. But that is, if you will, some baggage that he is going to have to carry and prove people wrong in the fact that he is a durable back and someone you can count on every single week. And the, and the thing is, they're not asking him to be the savior. He's not going to be the bell cow. You're going to have a one-two punch based on down and distance. And so I think he's going to fit right in quite well. Now, now the question becomes, you know, does he miss a couple games? Well, I mean, he hasn't played a full season, but sign me up for 14 games with this guy. It, it's a matter of, you know, you like to see this team get a lead in the fourth quarter where you can literally just pound the football. And, you know, in Steelers' heyday, they ran the ball seven to ten times in the fourth quarter. A, it keeps the opposing offense off the field, keeps your defense on the sidelines, and you can wear the teams down. And I think that's something we should look forward to coming up this season. Now the Cardinals do still have Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward on the roster, but you have always said running back in the draft, not in the first round, but potentially at some point during those three days. This move I don't think changes any of that because you've got Connor under a one-year contract, but it is a position that perhaps the Cardinals look at in the draft. Yeah, just depending on how many draft picks they end up with, they definitely, you know, I think it's six and they have two in the seventh round. And I don't, You take a flyer on those guys, you're bringing an undrafted free agent. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I just look at the running back position as a whole. You know, if they didn't sign Connor, I think that would have been in play at somewhere if they traded down or the second round. Um, but I, I just think right now it's it's I don't think it's a need so to speak even though he's on a one year contract he plays well like Malcolm Butler maybe you extend him. Cardinals have five running backs on the roster at the moment. They have less of that as far as the tight ends are concerned. Only three on the roster. Max Williams, Darrell Daniels, and Ian Bunting. And that's another position that the Cardinals might look at, whether that's the draft or free agency. Yeah, day you got to get some depth there with the loss of Dan Arnold. Um, when you when you go back to um, you know just Dan Arnold as a whole, I mean he was a guy that I think they were expecting more from him, and unfortunately you know he took some big shots and now he's in Carolina. But Max Williams, we know he can catch the ball. Uh, we can give him the opportunity. I think Darrell Daniels is playing more on special teams. He's a good blocker. So if you want to go 12 personnel, get a couple tight ends out there, control the line of scrimmage. But I do think you're going to have to bring in some bodies. And it could be an undrafted free agent. They could take a tight end in the draft maybe. The only thing is the Cardinals don't have a third and fourth round pick. So you have to, you know, after your second round pick at 49, you're not picking for a while. So that's one one way to uh, trade down and get an extra pick where all of a sudden maybe you could take a tight end a flyer on a young guy and you own his rights for the next few years. And what kind of tight end are the Cardinals looking to add? A pass-catching tight end or a blocking tight end? Frank Sanders last week on the Big Red Rage asked just that question. I would love to see us go get a tight end out of, out of the draft, but I want blocking tight ends. And if we can pick them up in the late rounds, yep. I want fat guys we can put on the edge that we know we can still add protection to the table. I don't want cute tight ends because, to me, you got cute on the outside. To me, I want fat boys that can block. 
That's a tremendous slogan right there. I can just see that right above the tight ends room at the Cardinals facility. Fat boys that can block. Well, you've got I a couple of big bodies. They yes. have two on the roster. You've got Max Williams and you've got Darrell Daniels. And maybe that's what they're looking for. Maybe they don't want that pass-catching tight end. Maybe that's why they allowed Dan Arnold to go to Carolina. Maybe that's why they're not going to be in the mix for one of those top-tier tight ends on day one or day two because you want someone in there as another offensive lineman either chip block or stay in there to protect Kyler Murray so he can throw the ball to his wide receivers. Yeah, I, I do think that's a position they will address. I, I haven't looked at the free agent list. Uh, you know, once Dan Arnold left, I figured they're going to, you know, go with Max and, and Darrell Daniels. So, But I, I, I do think you need to add that. And, and, again, usually teams bring six tight ends to camp. They do have a Duvall. Seth is there. Seth Duvall. Yeah, Seth Duvall. I don't – I mean, he's more of a – you, I guess you can make the case based on his size. He's probably a guy that can catch the ball. I just don't know what his upside is when it comes to blocking. Oh, correction. Devolve is a free agent at the moment, He's but he does agent. have that experience, experience. with he, the Cardinals. Right, right. Only 48 snaps last season, but that is someone who also, you know, you could might bring back, if yeah. you will. Like I said, they usually bring six to camp, and right now you have just a couple, maybe three on the roster. And again, 90-man roster, and we know the Cardinals have done a good job bringing an undrafted free agency and get a chance to possibly make the roster at the end of training camp. Be interesting to see, you know, it's always if healthy. That was the issue with Max Williams. He just couldn't stay on the field. He has that dual threat, if you will, as far as catching the football and blocking. Darrell Daniels, who we've seen a lot on special teams and has had his moments as far as an offensive player, but how much better has he gotten now within this offense to where maybe he can be, again, we're not looking at – you know, catching 30, 35 passes during the course of a season, just maybe a change of a pace and someone that can run down the middle of the field to keep defenses honest as far as if that open or if the middle is open because everyone is concentrating on the outside receivers. Well, I'll say this. If they had Darren Allen on the roster, then I would say, you know, they're going to throw the ball to the tight end. Um, you know, at the end of the season, the tight ends may catch 45 passes. You know, for 500 yards and a couple touchdowns. I mean, right now, Ian Bunting is a guy that, you know, you, you look at possibly. But, um, you know, Hopkins is going to get 160 targets. A.J. Green's going to get 70 or 80. Christian Kirk, we'll see about Isabella. Um, and then you look at Chase Edmonds and, and James Conner. Um, one, I want to go back to Eno Benjamin because I, a lot of Cardinal fans asked that last year, what was the situ situation? Well, first of all, he was on the 53-man roster. He doesn't play on special teams, and I talked about them. They, the priorities is to try to get a returner. And then they like Jonathan Ward. Now, he only played four offensive snaps last year, but he's a good short yardage guy. He actually had a touchdown. So when you look at the depth, it's a big off season for Eno Benjamin. If he wants to be active and he wants a role, you're going to have to play on special teams, meaning can you be the kick returner or the punt returner, and you're going to have to improve in pass protection. But I know that a lot of ASU fans are always, always wondering about Eno Benjamin. If you want to make an immediate impact or show that you can be on the field on Sundays, then you have to be, if you're a young player, if you're a draft pick, you have to be on special teams. I'll go back to Patrick Peterson, fifth overall pick. He became a punt returner. He showed his worth on special teams until he was quite ready to be that corner. Now, it doesn't happen with every draft pick, with every first-round draft pick, but you do need to show that you're not just a one-trick pony, if you will. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm sure he, he's, you know, he, 
I follow him on social media. He's motivated. You know, last year, hopefully, it was a learning experience. I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder. He, I, I, the feeling from which you, what I read from him is, I, I just need an opportunity. Well, you got to earn the opportunity. Good news, Cardinals fans. Flight plan is back. We have the details coming up next. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Reports every Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Breaking news, J.J. Watt is going to the desert. Whoa! Hey, That is not Photoshop. Uh, No, he said Adam Schefter just reported it. Wow! (laughs) The first thing I did was uh, take a look at the tape and uh, quickly realized that um, J.J. Watt still looked like J.J. Watt, in my opinion. Come on! Let's go! JJ, let's see, man. When he walks on the field, he don't think there's anybody in the arena better than him. Feels like the Arizona Cardinals are going all in. We had the opportunities to make some moves and to be aggressive. You know, it's business at the end of the day, and, you know, things gonna change. To get traded to Arizona, it's a blessing, man. One of the best days of my life. A little different scenery out there. Much different. There isn't enough energy in the valley already. We're gonna try and turn it up even a few more notches. Really, really looking forward to this as I do every offseason. Cardinals flight plan, season number four of this Emmy Award-winning series. The first episode drops Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. via the Cardinals YouTube channel, taking them behind the scenes of the offseason, free agency, drafts, a whole lot more. You can go to youtube.com slash azcardinals and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. Episode one titled Power Surge. Again, it's unprecedented access not only for the fans, but even for us, MJ. We're not involved in a lot of this, but going behind the scenes and and one in particular, I strongly encourage the Berg gang to go to azcardinals.com or any of the social media accounts and watch this trailer because there is a quick snippet of defensive line coach Brenson Buckner watching film of J.J. Watt. And for me, that is what I enjoy the most. These coaches, a couple of years back it was Vance Joseph, looking at players and then dissecting what these players do and how they can help the Arizona Cardinals. Well, it worked. I wanted more last night. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. And and listen, guys behind the scenes don't get enough credit, including Tim Delaney, um, who's a you know our boss. But uh, they do a fantastic job, and and you know you just all the um, access they have. Did you notice? Did, okay, did you notice in that trailer Steve Kime was watching film on? Uh, I do not remember. I do not remember. Number seven, LSU, Jamar Chase. Okay. Wow. That, that was, was a teaser. How about that, MJ? They showed okay. him in his office. He's got the cowboy clicker, and he's watching Jamar Chase, number seven at LSU. How about you reading between the lines? So uh, is Mike Jarecki teasing that the Cardinals might move up No, Jamar I'm not. Chase? No, I, I, I think Steve's just – Every general manager you watch everybody. should look at everybody because yes. four or five years from now, that guy could be available for a trade. But, yes, 
I noticed that he was looking at Jamar Chase, who I think is the best wide receiver in this draft. In that trailer, which we just heard coming into this segment, you hear the voices of Marcus Golden, A.J. Green, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Keim, and a lot, of course, of J.J. Watt. He was the first big move. He was the big fish, if you will, that landed with the Arizona Cardinals and really sent shockwaves across the entire league. And I think MJ set the tone for what this offseason was about, and that is adding experience. We heard Kyle mention that they wanted to become more physical in the offseason. They wanted leaders in the offseason. That is what this team has done. In fact, Frank Sanders last week, Big Red Rage, talked about all of these new additions and what they all have in common. There's something special about the game, and it's called competition. And competition is supposed to make you better. And if it doesn't make you better, it's going to expose that you that dude or you not that dude. And when you get a new, when you get a chance to go to a new place and you remember who you were and they brought you in to prove, are you that dude or or were you a has been? And I think these guys got so much to prove. Just. James Conner, we heard him earlier today, four seasons in Pittsburgh, and now he's going to a brand-new team. J.J. Watt, 10 seasons with the Texans, now with a new team. A.J. Green, brand-new team. This, I think, is going to hit the reset, refresh button, if you will, for these players who have been nowhere else but X team and now are coming to the Cardinals. Yeah, and we got a chance to hear Ian Rappaport, and and I think there's this uh, this notion nationally that they're going all in. No, they're trying to build for the future. Okay, you got to take a two or three year uh, outlook. So, yeah, I mean, I I just like you know I think JJ Watt signing just started everything, and then the fact that they were able to retain Calvin Beecham and Marcus Gold and guys that played well last year when, when Golden was a trade. And then they make the trade for Rodney Hudson. It just seems like everything's falling into place. And, yes, you're not going to get every single guy. You can't retain all your own players. And then they go out and get Malcolm Butler, you know. And then today you bring in, you know, Connor. So I just think that, you know, between the front office and and the scouts and, you know, Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris on the draft and Steve Kime, they really, uh, you can see they've been committed. And the theme the entire offseason, Craig, is being more physical and adding more leadership. And as our colleague Bertram Berry would want us to say, at the line of scrimmage, whether the offensive line or defensive line, J.J. Watts on the defensive line, Marcus Golden in that front seven, bringing him back on the offensive side, Rodney Hudson, to me, the biggest move of the offseason, I think might have the biggest impact. Calvin Beecham being brought back in. Brian Winters added for depth. Max Garcia re-signed. It begins and ends at the line of scrimmage. Well, you're only as good as your depth. And we we don't like to see injuries, but they do occur. And Steve always says, you know, your needs in, in the offseason, maybe in you know March, April, and May, are so different than when you get to November, December. And I think the Cardinals feel like they want to create a second unit when it comes to the offensive line. Now, granted, you want to make sure your starters are in there. It's one unit. You don't want to rotate players. But I think they feel comfortable if somebody went down for, you know, a short period of time that they can fill in another guy. Again, Season 4 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan, episode number 1, premieres Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. via the Cardinals YouTube channel. So go to youtube.com slash azcardinals and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the action. Take you behind the scenes. Yes, we know about free agency. We know about the drafts. And then post-draft, you know, the new players that the Cardinals will add. At the moment, they have six draft picks. Does that increase 
Does that decrease as far as maybe the Cardinals use some draft capital to move up in the draft? But what Flight Plan allows the Bird Gang to see is what we all like to see, how things are done, how things are made, if you will. Everyone likes magic tricks, but we're always curious on how things work behind the scenes, and that what Flight Plan allows is a peek behind the curtain, if you will. All right, last year everything was virtual. The general manager's at, at his house with his kids. And once Derek Brown went off the board, there was no hesitation. Yes, Isaiah Simmons was their guy. And I think that's what stood out the most to me. And that's the one image that I... Here we go. Yes, that always pops up when we talk about Simmons. And the, you know, you don't like to fall in love with a player because, or at least before they're yours, because then all of a sudden there could be disappointment, but you could just see, I mean, you know, as they say, run to the podium. Well, that's about as close as we're going to ever see a general manager run to the podium, so to speak, in that clip. And that's how high they had him ranked on their board. Again, we can talk about Chase Young, different position, pass rusher. You know, teams are always looking for corners. Jeff Akuda goes high to the Lions. He had a, you know, disappointing year. And Isaiah Simmons, to me, he needs, he needs an offseason, he needs a couple of preseason games, and he'll be a three-down pass. He won't come off the field. Really looking forward to what's ahead, and I do not know what's ahead. Outside of the trailer that we played and that we've seen, MJ, I don't know what to expect. I don't have any inside knowledge on what footage has been gathered or who we might hear from, but I'm looking forward to the first episode on April 22nd. Well, that's why they sent the teaser out. Exactly. They hooked me. <laughs> Hopefully they oh, hooked was, you as I, well, Bird Gang. I always try to look at how long it is, and I'm like, oh, I need some more here. Go to azcardinals.com and, of course, all the social media platforms as well to get a look at the trailer. And then, of course, mark it down April 22nd, 7 p.m. Cardinals YouTube channel, episode number one, Power Surge of season number four of the Emmy Award-winning series, Cardinals Flight Plan. Special thanks to those behind the scenes helping us on today's show. Senior broadcast manager and producer Jim Omohundro, technical director Cody Fincher, for my partner Mike Jarecki, and apologies B-Train. Hope to hear from him next week. I'm Craig Rio. We will do this in one week's time here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.